Hello and welcome to the Screen OD podcast. Tim here. I will be your guide through all things streaming, entertainment, movies and the like. We're here to help you find better things to watch, but also hopefully to entertain you a bit along the way. Uh, today I've got a bit of a treat for you in that we'll be reviewing Only Murders in the Building, which is a great show with Steve Martin, Martin Short and Selena Gomez. And uh, also we'll probably have a, a, another kind of best of list somewhere along the way. But before we get going, I just wanted to talk a little bit uh, at random, as, as always, about uh, one of my favourite things in the world, the remote control. Now, I don't know if you use a remote control anymore. A lot of people don't because they uh, they watch their TV on their phone or on their iPad or on their computer or they don't even watch the TV because it's beamed direct into their head in the metaverse, the metasphere, the metazone, wherever it is. Maybe they just watch TV straight away whenever they need it by just blinking with uh, Mark Zuckerberg playing table tennis at the same time. But a lot of people don't use the remote control. I do. I like the remote control. It's an important part of my viewing experience still. As much as I do um, like to beam beam television onto my uh, different devices, I do like a remote control and a big screen in the corner of the room still. Call me old-fashioned, and I'm sure you are calling me old-fashioned, but that's just the way I like to do it. But what always amuses me is that people give names to their remote controls. And um, there have been various surveys done over the years about the names of remote controls. And um, none of them are particularly new, but they're still amusing. So I thought I'd uh, run through some of the my favourite names that have come up in uh, some of those polls over the years. TV licensing, in fact, who are the people who are... Uh, who collect the money that uh, pays for TV licenses, which uh, funds the BBC. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a big part of uh, British public broadcasting culture. Well, they did a survey uh, many, well, quite a few years ago, to be honest, when people probably still used remote controls a little bit more. And uh, some of the names they came that people come up with are fantastic. Um, obviously, top of, the, top of the pops is remote, which is, you know, not particularly imaginative, is it? Or the remote. Either of those, I think, are probably, um, that's fine. Uh, but number two, classic, the doofer. You know the doofer? Where's the doofer? It's down the sofa. Doofer sofa. Number three, the zapper. Yes, I get that. And then at four, it's the clicker. Five, the flicker. Um, the thingamajig. Do you call it that? Ever called it the thingamajig? Thingamajig. The switcher, the whatchamacallit, the controller, or the controls. That sounds nice. The controls sort of sci-fi element to that I feel the gizmo classic the buttons now I have heard that one used in 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 anger in a household not anger just just someone saying where are the buttons uh gadget the box or tv box I always think of the box as the tv itself not the not the uh the changer which is the next one or the dibber the bleeper the blipper the doodah um, and then just getting, we're in almost at 20 now. I know, bear with me. The flipper, I think of flipper as a dolphin, if I'm honest. I don't think of it as a remote thing. And then at number 20, and I think this is my favourite of them all. It doesn't say there is no, in this report, there's no kind of percentages. So I don't know what percentage of people call their remote control the plonker. But certainly some people out there are calling it the plonker. So well done them, because that's a fantastic name. For your remote control. Do you have a better name for your remote control? 
If you do, you should um, you should let me know. Uh, podcast at screenod.com. Do send in your favourite remote control pet names. Do you have a pet name? I suppose it's a pet name for remote control. Send it in and um, we'll read them out because they're great. And it couldn't be, you know, to be honest, you couldn't get much worse than some of those. But um, the plonker, have you ever, do you know anyone who calls their remote the plonker? To be honest, it's probably a more salient question. Do you know anyone who uses a remote anymore? Do you know anyone who's played table tennis in the metaverse with Mark Zuckerberg? Equally, that would be interesting to find out. Now, if you can hear in the background, there's a little Tweety Bird just outside the window. So if you can hear it, I apologise. I sort of apologise, but I don't apologise because it's nature, isn't it? And you shouldn't apologise for nature. It's just part of what we are and who we are. I apologise for the sound insulation maybe not being as good as it could be, but I won't apologise for nature. Okay, let's move on to a review. So you've got something to watch because at the moment, the amount of insight that you've gleaned from this podcast is probably limited, although you have learned something about what people call their remote controls. Let's talk about Only Murders in the Building. Do you like comedy? Do you like true crime? Do you like Steve Martin? Do you like Martin Short? Do you like Selena Gomez? You're gonna love Only Murders in the Building. I got in the elevator with these two weirdos. Then Tim got in the elevator. Approximately 12 minutes from now, I will be murdered. Okay, so what's this one all about, I hear you asking? Well, this is a show that now has two seasons. Uh, But don't worry, we're not going to spoil season two. And we're not going to spoil season one. This is an introduction to the show and why you should watch it. So you don't have to worry on that front. This is a program that centers around a building in an affluent area of New York called the Arconia. The kind of apartment building that has people working on a front desk. The sort of place that we couldn't afford to live, or certainly I couldn't afford to live. And it has many, many different types of people living within the building. Three of whom become the central characters of this TV show. We have Steve Martin, who is playing a sort of semi-retired actor, I guess is the best way of saying it. He was once in a 90s TV show and he played um, Brazos who was a kind of TV detective in the 90s and uh, he plays the character Charles Hayden Savage and he's one of the residents of the Arconia. Um, Another resident of the Arconia is uh, Martin Short's character Oliver Putnam who is a, a Broadway director but someone who's clearly not doing as well as perhaps he would like to be. He is kind of down on his luck and uh, the Arconia is uh, very much a place that he probably can't really afford to live anymore but he is still there. And then our third Mabel major character, and I said Mabel there because her name is Mabel, is played by Selena Gomez. She's a much younger woman who lives in the Arconia and um, she uh, there is a story as to why she can afford to live there but it is something that raises some eyebrows with the older people who live in the building. So these three are our central characters and they all have something in common. They love true crime. Their true crime podcast of choice is All Is Not Okay in Oklahoma, which is voiced by, in the series, Tina Fey. And it's clear that this is meant to be a kind of parody of um, the serial podcast. And Tina Fey is meant to be a kind of Sarah Koenig type character. And this is obviously a big podcast that everyone who's into that sort of thing is into. And so when they find out that they're all interested in the same subject, 
object and then they find out that there has been a murder in their building. Imagine what happens to these amateur sleuths as they are brought together to try and crack a case that the police think is suicide, but they have reason to believe it certainly is not. This is one of those kind of shows that you can't quite work out why you like it, but you do like it. It's it's not all comedy and it's not all drama. It's not really a comedy drama. It's kind of like a quirky comedy drama. It's got a bit of everything to it. It's one of those shows that draws you in. The characters are kind of, in, in a way, they're kind of an odd couple across three people because none of them really should be friends. They've got one thing in common. They've got something that draws them together, which is this kind of obsession with true crime. But there is nothing really in the there's no love lost, certainly, between the Steve Martin and Martin Short characters. And Selena Gomez's character obviously been so much younger than them. And it, from a completely different generation with completely different frames of reference, shouldn't really be spending as much time with them as she ends up doing. Now, obviously, that creates in itself quite a lot of humour because you have this kind of intergenerational humour going on. But at the same time, it's got a kind of sweet undertone to it, which is people learning from each other, from different places, from different uh, age groups, starting to come together because they're brought together by the same subject. So this is a show that kind of yeah, it's funny and yeah, it's it's got some drama to it and there's a kind of murder mystery element to it. But something about it, it has that kind of X factor somewhere, something that pulls you in, that keeps you there and makes you want to find out what's going to happen next. Now, I think that's helped a lot by the chemistry between certainly Steve Martin and Martin Short, who fans of film will know have worked together a lot in the past on things, you know, like The Three Amigos being a really good example with Chevy Chase back in the day. Or, of course, Father of the Bride, which is one of the most uh, kind of iconic performances from Martin Short next to um, Steve Martin, where he plays the, uh, the, eccentric, um, the eccentric wedding planner, Franck, in, uh, in that film, which is a, a film that is, of course... Very, very well remembered by everyone who's seen it. And what you get with Selena Gomez is someone who is very different. She's younger. She's got different experiences in the entertainment industry, having been, you know, a worldwide global singing sensation. She's got acting experience both in kids programs, but also in serious films. And I think that's why her performance in this is not only so good, but almost essential to bring this program together, because otherwise it could just be two older actors who've worked together many times before over the last few decades doing their thing but that isn't able to happen because you have someone who's from a different world essentially who is thrown into the environment with them a not only a character but also an actor who brings something very different to the screen and the chemistry between the three of them therefore is something that's really interesting to see and is something that will keep you very very interested throughout the show there's a very strong chance the killer is musical superstar sting the guy from U2. At the end of the day, what you've got here is a really well-written show that is funny, creates a great atmosphere and takes you down a mysterious journey that perhaps you're not expecting when you first start watching it. As time goes on, more characters are introduced into the series and in season two, even more beyond that. There are also some guest appearances to look out for, which is always a treat in any show like this, but it's done well and it's done in a funny and knowing way. This 
this is a program that if you like comedy and you like kind of quirky stuff, then I think you're really going to like. You don't have to like true crime to like it, but if you do like that genre too, there's a bit more in it for you. There's lots of references and there's some fun and games around that subject. So I would suggest that you give this a try. Season one and season two are now available. If you're watching in the UK, you can watch Only Murders in the Building on Disney+. Plus. If you are watching in the US, it's available on Hulu right now. Get out of the building now. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Oh my god! Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, it sounds good, that one. Uh, well, it is good, I know, because I've seen it. Um, if you like comedy, quirky comedy, watch Only Murders in the Building. So, um, I'm still trying to think of a better remote control name, but I can't, so I won't. Um, and I'll just move on. But it's uh, it's come to my attention that actually it's been quite a long time since uh, Friends ended. Now, I thought that Friends was still running, if I'm honest, but I'm wrong. It's not. Um, it ended in 2004 after running for 10 years. Um, and it turns out that 2004 is almost 20 years ago. Which is madness. I mean, it's 18 years ago, but it's almost 20 years ago. That's a long time, isn't it? For, um, I suppose, time passes. That's uh, a lesson that we're learning Every day that time passes, in fact, every minute that time passes, you can't get that time back. And you're probably thinking that already, having listened to some of this podcast, that uh, time is precious. But um, when you do think about Friends, one of the things I think that made Friends good, beyond the very good writing and good casting, very good casting, and um, good performances from the cast, it kind of captured... Uh, the zeitgeist at the time and uh, it was one of those shows that people grew up with but one of the things that made it good was that it was able to leverage its pop culture status and bring in many of the biggest stars of the time many of whom are still the biggest stars of now but it did it in a way that wasn't kind of too naff you know sometimes when you have guest appearances on shows they feel really kind of forced and they feel a bit cringy. Now, there's a bit of that in Friends, because the problem with anything that's filmed in front of a live audience is everyone cheers when someone famous first appears on screen. You can't stop that. That's just a thing that happens. But actually, the way that it brought in guest stars, quite a few different guest stars over the years, many, many guest stars, the way it brought them in, and actually in some cases wove them wove them into the story in a, a, a quite interesting way for significant periods of time, sometimes just for one episode, sometimes for a couple, sometimes actually across a whole season, was uh, very interesting and, and well done. And I think that's one of the things that kept the show feeling fresh, even though it ran for a very long time. It could have got boring, just uh, six people doing stuff, doing not much, to be honest, drinking coffee, uh, loving, living, growing up in uh, unrealistically large apartments that they couldn't possibly afford in New York. But it didn't get boring because they kept having new people come in, uh, which brought with them new storylines, which spiraled away. So that's why I present to you next the 10 best guest stars on Friends. <laughs>
friends, it's one of the biggest and best comedies ever made. And throughout the 10 years that it ran, it had some very big names in it. We can't include them all today, so we're going to count down the top 10 guest stars on Friends. And we're going to start at the beginning, which is always the best place to start a list. And so here we go. Number 10, it's Denise Richards. I mean, Monica's place was nice, but her fiancé sure stares a lot. <laughs> Richards appears in episode 19 of season 7 of Friends, the one with Ross and Monica's cousin. It's called that because she plays Ross and Monica's cousin, Cassie Geller. And everyone, pretty much everyone, at some point during the episode falls in love in slow motion, almost on the spot with Cassie. It's a funny performance and a funny storyline. I need an answer! I can't tell you something I don't know. You know! I don't know! I need an answer now! All right, all right. Here, you want an answer? The answer is... Hollywood superstar and fan favourite Jeff Goldblum appeared in season 9 of Friends. Yes, he of the Fly and Jurassic Park fame to name but a few. He was a big star and he played a big star in the shape of Leonard Hayes, an actor and director who ends up sort of working with Joey. But as we see, things don't go particularly wrong. But one thing that goes particularly right is a great performance, as always, from Mr Goldblum. Look, that night was the one wild thing I have ever done in my entire life, and I'm not going to let you take that away from me. Okay, so if you don't remember that, maybe you will remember this. My God. You love me. Now, for a whole generation of fans, Winona Ryder is all about Stranger Things these days, but she turned up in the seventh season of Friends playing Melissa Warburton, who was a sorority sister of Rachel's at college. And I'm not entirely sure what a sorority sister is, but I think it's something to do with all living in the same house. But anyway, it turns out that Rachel remembers the two of them kissing when they were at college, something that Melissa denies all the way through the episode until Rachel actually does it. And then we find out that Melissa has always loved Rachel. It's a fantastic performance, a very funny storyline, and it all comes together very well at the end. Would you give me a kiss? Okay, I will. But right after you have to tell me who the hell you are. Ursula. Ursula's fiance. Oh my god, you're the sister. Yeah. Okay, I just slapped my future sister-in-law's ass. Yeah. Sean Penn first appears in the one with the Halloween party in season eight. He is playing Eric, who is the fiance of Ursula, who fans of the show will know is the twin sister of Phoebe. He actually does appear in another episode too. So, you know, you get two for the price of one there with Sean Penn, but he's certainly a big name to be in the series. Yep. Yeah, see, this says D13, and... Uh, in oh, well, I thought that... Uh, uh, you we, thought, we were... huh? Yeah, well, that didn't really work out too well for it, did you? Idiot! <laughs> what are you, a moron? Huh? It says D13, okay? Look, you're surrounded by even numbers. Does that give you some clue? Ben Stiller appears in the season three episode, The One with the Screamer, 
and it turns out that Ben Stiller is the screamer. He plays Tommy in the show, a man who at first appears to be a charming new date of Rachel's. However, every time Rachel isn't there, Tommy is screaming, and that's something that causes not just a lot of hilarity, but a lot of frustration for Ross as well. This is a great performance from Ben Stiller, who is at the top of his game in Friends, like he is in most things, really. How come all I can think about is putting that ice in my mouth and licking you all over? Because I went to an all-boys high school and God is making up for it? It was a big coup when a huge film superstar in the shape of Julia Roberts arrived on Friends in Season 2 in the one after the Super Bowl part two. She played Susie, fourth grade friend of Chandler's, but it turns out that her memories of their relationship wasn't necessarily one of friendship. And although she flirts with Chandler all the way through the episode after meeting him, we find out that she has a plan to get even. And she does. Great performance, great episode. Yes? Hi. Is Rachel here? I'm her sister. Oh my god, Jill! Oh my god, Rachel! Oh my God, introduce us. Well, this is Chandler. Hi. And you know Monica and Ross? Hi, and that's you. Phoebe, and that's Joey. Hey, how you doing? Don't you? <laughs> Reese Witherspoon arrives in the Friends universe in season six, and in a similar style to the way that we first meet Rachel, she has been living a charm life, but has now been cut off. And she is going to attempt to start a new life a bit like Rachel has. But unfortunately, Jill can't learn the same lessons that Rachel has and ends up out of spite dating Ross just to annoy her sister. Which, you know, isn't a very nice thing to do. But it is great to see such a big star in the show. I may have borrowed this from my nephew. <laughs> but let me assure you, what's underneath is all man. I'm sorry, did you say all man or old man? <laughs> You're mean. Danny DeVito proves he's not just a great actor, he's also game for a laugh with his appearance in season 10 of Friends as Roy the Stripper. He ends up falling out with Phoebe, but he proves that he is a great guest star in the series. So Ross was in college and decided to jump at the chance to take a young girl to her high school prom. <laughs> Definitely did not see that one backfiring. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Bruce Willis has a recurring role in Friends in season six as Paul Stevens. He is the father of Elizabeth, who is the student of Ross's that he is dating, and he ends up going out with Rachel. So as you might expect, there is a lot of complicated relationship stuff there to be explored. But what's very clear from the very beginning is that he really doesn't like Ross and Ross can't win. Let's move on to our number one guest star in Friends of all time, and it is, if you haven't already guessed it, it's Brad Pitt. I'm sorry, what? I said it was typical. Typical of you, Rachel Green, Queen Rachel, does whatever she wants in the little Rachel land.
It was a huge deal when Brad Pitt was in season eight of Friends for a few reasons. One, because he was just simply one of the biggest film stars in the world at that time. The second reason was that he had a connection to the show. He was actually married at that point to Jennifer Aniston, who plays Rachel Green. And the storyline that he's involved in plays sort of against that in many ways, because he plays a character called Will Colbert, who went to high school with Monica and Ross. And he was was the founder of the I Hate Rachel Green Society. Now, a lot had changed with Will over the years since he'd been at high school, but one thing that didn't change is he still very much hated Rachel. Yeah, a good list, that. Uh, good 10. Are they the right 10? Well, I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. I mean, I should know, really, because I was involved in the making of the 10. But what we should say now is if you have any views on uh, those 10 Friends stars... Or you want to let us know what you think of Only Murders in the Building. Or you just want to say hi and stay in touch with me, Screen OD. Um, then all you need to do is get involved with the socials. We're on all of the major ones. Uh, YouTube. If you go to YouTube, you will find some fantastic content. There's video reviews of some of the biggest shows to stream right now. You've got uh, listicles, uh, a bit like that Friends one. You've got all sorts of uh, theories and uh, getting under the skin of shows and um, everything in between, really. So do uh, do check out the YouTube if you want to find uh, you want to find the channel. It's um, there's a shortened version. You just go to YouTube.com and then just you just type forward slash c forward slash screen od. And you're straight there. You can also probably just type in Screen OD into the search on YouTube or on the Google and stuff. You can, of course, go to the website, ScreenOD.com, where you'll find some written content. Uh, you can find uh, videos and stuff like that. And, of course, you can go onto the Twitter and the Facebook um, and the Instagram. We're on all of that. Uh, Screen OD. Um, I think on Facebook it's Screen OD TV. So uh, someone else obviously got the Screen OD thing on there. But, you know, fair play to him. Well done. Getting early and uh, live the dream. But, uh, yeah, thanks very much for listening to the episode, really. I'm, I'm still trying to think of a better name for the old remote control, and I can't, than the plonker. But it's been a joy, as always, having you. And we'll be back again very soon with another review of something to watch and perhaps another fun kind of list of stuff and probably a little bit of rambling sometimes there'll be some guests on this show as well so look out for them we'll be heavily trailing them when there are guests but for now i just want to say thank you very much for listening to the screen od podcast and i'll hope that you have a very very nice day whatever you're going to do and i'll see you again very soon bye <laughs>